0: Welcome,
1: welcome back! Oh, oh no! Yeah, I'm, it's not. It's an odd one. It's an
0: even one. You're good. You're
1: good. I'm yes, sorry, yes. My bad. Go ahead. Restart. Go ahead. Welcome back. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, welcome back to Dad's Meat World, where we are uh, looking back at our favorite show from the 1990s, Boy Meets World, episode by episode, where we are at an even numbered episode this week. And uh, I am dad number one, uh, Brett, joined by dad number two, who's very excited to hop on the mic with us. So excited, he uh, hopped right in. How are you doing, Tyler?
1: (laughs) Sorry, it's Tyler. I'm good. Uh, Just having technical difficulties on my part, so don't worry. And I wasn't recording at the time, Brett, so we could just edit all that out. We don't have to worry about it. Okay, well, let's start right over then. (laughs) No, let's just keep it going, Brett. We we don't got time for this
0: nonsense. <laughs> I got it all anyway. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, well, Tyler, how are you doing other than the technical difficulties on your end? I, I'm doing okay. Um, it's
1: early morning for us. Uh, we've never recorded this early in the morning before, so I am going to be not. honest. I am not. A morning person i can fake parts of being a morning person and i can have energy but i am not a morning person <laughs> <laughs> um i'm mean, like you've seen me before like i i'll get up i'll make breakfast i'll do a bunch of stuff and then i need to like crash and shut down for a few minutes <laughs> understandable
0: yes well we will we will try our best not to make this a long episode Spoiler alert! I, I enjoy this episode, but we won't we won't keep it a long uh, run on episode. Uh, yes, it is early morning as our as we record. Good looking people. Um, I'm I'm uh taking the week actually this weekend next week off. Uh, just enjoying a little uh, odd downtime, and uh, it's homecoming week for my high schoolers. Uh, my uh (laughs) we have spent a fair amount of money getting toby ready for his home his first homecoming dance yeah nice do you realize how expensive ties have become i i've noticed for myself uh because
1: i've been like oh yeah let's go grab a a quick cheap tie and there are no cheap
0: ties anymore Yes, I, I, have, I don't wear ties much anymore. I've never spent more than $20 on a tie. I have like, I don't know, 15 ties hanging in my closet. I, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I wore a tie. And so Kelly took Toby out last night to get a tie. He's got a green suit. He wants a purple tie. He's like the inverse Joker. Uh so okay. he still needed a tie, he wanted shoes, um, and he realized while he was out he needed a belt. So they went in to look for a tie and they went to a couple of different stores. They couldn't find a tie for less than forty bucks. I believe that. And she told me about it and my jaw just like hit the floor. I'm like, I've never spent more than twenty dollars on a tie. I'm like, I realize that this is verging on back in my day territory, but still. Oh, just wow! Sorry, good-looking people, I'm I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, I think that's enough of back in my day talk. What do you say we get into our episode this week, Tyler? I agree. I'm
1: really interested in this whole T Swift and Travis Kelsey situation, and clearly things are developing more and more and more.
0: Anyway, on to uh, episode <laughs> eight. <laughs>
1: Okay, but can I just okay make one comment real quick, because before <laughs> sure, go we started recording, we're getting ready for the day, and my wife just looks at me and goes, why is my feed covered in nothing but this Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift nonsense? And I said, it's probably because we literally are inundated with social media uh, news people and um, the 24-hour paparazzi stuff and... Sports is a 24-hour business, like, news business. Like, there's just... It's almost like there's so much news that there's no news. And we only cover the dumb stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. who cares if two adults are in a new relationship? Although, one of my favorite trends right now on the internet is... uh, from two weeks ago when wives and girlfriends kept saying to boyfriends, husbands, dads uh, about Taylor Swift putting Travis Kelsey on the map, oh, which makes yeah. I watched like 10 of them, And I was like, this is it's still good every time. Just watching men getting so angry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I watched one where uh, a wife did that to her husband, who happens to be a producer for a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> nice. And he just initially he kept it together, but uh, the longer it went on, he's just like got more and more. Just the disbelief was hilarious. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you, in your fantasy podcast, that's all you talk about, right? That's the big news in the NFL. Uh, the the. <laughs> The manager who changed his name away from Taylor Swift has now changed it back to all caps. Taylor Swift has ruined football. Nice. But again, Brett, I will say, and we've talked about this before,
1: if this was a female, or if this was a man trying to come into a new world, uh, no one would care about it whatsoever. George Clooney can date all the models, and so can Leonardo DiCaprio. But the moment that Taylor Swift decides to date a football player, everything is ruined now.
0: George Clooney dates the model, nobody bats an eye. Taylor Swift dates the tight end, and everybody loses their mind. That's essentially what it is. Anyway, all you Swifties, enjoy your NFL. Zach Wilson is not a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> but he had a halfway uh, decent game one time. He had a pretty good game, all right, up until the end there. Yeah. Anyway. You know who also uh, had a good game?
1: <laughs> Richardson. Mr.
0: Feeney. Let's do this thing. <laughs> all right. So, episode eight of season three: Rave On. Eric and Corey decide to throw a rave, but they pick the worst possible date to have a party: an illegal party. The same day as their parents' 20th wedding anniversary. By the way, I don't know how illegal it is if you put a deposit down to rent out a restaurant. This episode was written by Jeff C. Sherman. This is actually the seventh of 14 episodes he will write. Uh, He uh, wrote episodes such as On the Fence, The Fugitive, Notorious, Sister Teresa, Home, Shallow Boy, and a bunch of others. Directed Some by David. Heavy hitters. Oh yeah, I mean he. I looked through his list and I can't really list any of them that I didn't enjoy. Directed by David Trainer, uh, he directed nearly all of season one and two, and this is the first of his four season three episodes. Mm-hmm. Originally aired November third, nineteen ninety five. Currently enjoys an IMD rating of seven point eight. And now, good-looking people, it is time for your favorite game show.
1: Vast emotional damage.
0: Yes, vast emotional damage. And... If I can get the game show music to start. Yes. Tyler. Last week... Our episode had a Nielsen rating of 16.8. Good-looking people, that is 16.8 million people watching at home. So, Tyler, uh, where do you think this episode fell on that chart of Nielsen viewers watching at home with their little boxes tracking? Oh, I think this
1: is a popular one. There's some popular people in it. Let's go with 19.
0: 19 is the vote and your result is that gaseous sound means you are incorrect. It actually dropped by 0.1, 16.6 million viewers. Hmm. What a shame. I know it's November sweeps month. Well, uh, here's, here's the thing. Um, they, they did not promote their stunt casting. That's a mistake. Well, there's a reason for it, and I'll I'll get into that in case you didn't end uh, uh, your deep dives, but they did not yeah, I... promote their stunt casting. It's weird. Yeah. So anyway, let's get right into it. So we opened in our teaser uh, in the high school with uh, Mr. Feeney tearing down a massive banner advertising an illegal underground rave. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, if you're doing something that's quote-unquote illegal, why are you promoting inside the
0: school? Now, I can understand with high schoolers wanting to be all uh, against the normal convention of, hey, let's do something illegal and wrong, but still.
1: Uh, right. it's just- but also, like, throwing a party is throwing a party. It's only illegal if there's things that are illegal, or you're doing it, like, on school
0: grounds. Yeah. And so uh, Mr. Feeney tears the banner down and we get a little interaction with him. So let's check it out here.
1: You know, Mr. Feeney, Mm. just between you and me, it's stuff like this that really makes you unpopular. Sure, and it's lonely at the top, but I save a lot of money on call waiting. What do you have against throwing an illegal rave? Hey, what is a rave anyway? A rowdy underground party. Get hip, Mr. Matthews. Topanga, do you think I'm unhip?
0: Of course I don't. Oh, you left your earmuffs at my house. So Mr. Feeney is quite aware of what a rave is. Corey is sheltered, and he left his earmuffs at Topanga's house. There we go. <laughs> I love that get hip, Mr. Matthews. We all know I, feel I love like Mr. There- Feeney sass.
1: There's a good word to describe Corey in these situations, and that is Corey's not unhip. He's just kind of lame.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, he, there's a part of him that's okay with not knowing everything mm-hmm. until it's a problem with his, like, when people call him out on it. It's like, yeah. oh, I should know what these things are?
0: Yeah, he's kind of the living embodiment of ignorance's bliss, and he's fine with it. Until he finds out that Eric is the one throwing the rave. And he finds out through Sean. And uh, we find out that yeah, Corey... Okay, if Sean knows that his brother is throwing the rave, like, why wouldn't he have said something to him earlier? I don't, maybe Sean assumed that Corey knew. <sighs> but Corey feels... We find out Corey feels like Eric hasn't talked to him since fifth grade. Which, based on the 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 agreement that uh, that Eric made Corey sign when he started high school, I can understand why he feels that way. But it's a little bit of adolescent boy being adolescent boy dramatic. <laughs> All right, let's open the soap soapbox up real quick, Brett. Alright. One of my complaints
1: about this show is when they have these episodes, that are like, Corey doesn't know his brother. Corey never has time with his brother. Except, well, then we have episodes like this where they are together, they are doing stuff, and plenty other episodes where they're doing stuff together, and they're, like, you know, that Eric's, like, his best friend is essentially his brother and Sean. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand how this show can justify you know, those two never do anything together when they do stuff together. They used to go to baseball games together. And I get Mm -hmm. this show doesn't care about context. It's all about what episode they're doing at each moment. But, like, it's not like Eric is not involved in his life. Are they the closest of brothers? No. But you know who normally are? Brothers that are, like, a year or two apart from each other who literally are always doing stuff together. When you have a bit of an age gap, like... I know people don't think that three years is a huge age gap, but that's still a gap. Like, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with stuff as a teenager and your kid brother is still watching Power Rangers, it's hard to relate. And then when you're getting into driving cars and your kid brother is still into Power Rangers, it's hard to relate.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so I I, I don't fault Eric. You throw the party of the year, and I don't know about it. How do you think that makes me look? Short. Short. <laughs> yeah, so Eric doesn't want Corey's help. He doesn't want Corey involved. He wants to make his mark. And but Corey, Corey is begging to be involved.
1: For once, you and I could actually do something together. The two of us, the Matthews brothers. I mean, think how proud Mom and Dad would be. Hey, they can never know about this party. Oh ho! And uh, who would they hear about it from? <laughs> Alright, you're in. Yes! Or look, you can't say a word to anybody about this. You got it.
0: Okay.
1: Sean, guess who's the one but again <laughs> why can't they know about this random party he's throwing? What's actually illegal about it?
0: Yeah. But we'll 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 go along with the uh inconsistency of it. But it's really I like how Corey goes from begging to all of a sudden having the upper hand with, well, who would they hear it from? <laughs> yeah, pretty sly. He's, um, he's quick on I, his feet there. I
1: will say that it's uh it's interesting to me watching in this episode how Corey goes from not knowing anything about the party to essentially being in charge of the party and Eric is just mm-hmm. like a figurehead. Yes. Like, Corey literally, out of nowhere, is like, yep, Chubby's on board. I'm going to take the deposit over, and, Mm -hmm. you know, these things are happening. I'm taking care of X, Y, and Z. And Eric's like, yep, I'll take care of balloons.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Chubby, he's on a cruise to Mexico. So we got... Chubby's Chubby takes the deposit. He he's aware of the grave, but Corey walks into the living room a, 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 to start her next act, and Chubby's Chubby's on a cruise to Mexico, so he's not going to be aware of what's going on. So there's a little inconsistency there too. And it, you almost wonder <laughs> if the deposit is just to pay people off to let them inside the building. Hmm. Yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go with he <laughs> gave a deposit to the kitchen staff who were going to be there, and we get a nice yeah. little runner here.
1: Because who are we? The Matthews brothers.
0: That I, I played, played like that little. on
1: Disney <laughs> Channel <laughs> yes, for
0: years. That was part. I was a big anchor for their <clears throat> advertising campaign. Yes. Hmm. And then uh, we get uh, a visitor at the door, Jedediah Lawrence is back. And we, we same get Same actor. <laughs> we, we get, yes, same actor. And we get some consistency and some continuity as a luthier. He is dropping off and some uh, continuity with Alan's tastes and his habits. He's dropping off Amy's gift for Alan for their 20th wedding anniversary. He has made a guitar for Alan. I mean, he's mostly made a guitar case that a guitar yeah. just happens to hang out in. The guitar, it's a good-looking guitar, but it is not finished yet. He uh, spent a little too much time on the case. And there's... I. I I need to find a way to work this quote into my daily life more. Mr.
1: Lawrence and I need to discuss reality. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, I love gonna, that line. Yeah, Amy and and, Jed and I are going to go into the kitchen and uh, have a chat about reality. <laughs> and but I mean, it's good. I was going to say like I guess like, I
1: take this almost like a hometown discount for them. Like, you know, family friends discount. Like, well, he's making guitars for the stars. So, like, mm-hmm. I get that, like, he maybe wasn't thinking in as he was making this guitar because he had other guitars he was also making. And then he mm-hmm. thought he had more done. And he got there and like, huh, this is not done as much as I thought it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he is kind of a hippie, and he did used to run the Unicorn Sasquatch Bookstore, or whatever it was. I, yeah. I can never remember. But uh, this it's at this point that uh, they realize, Eric and Corey, that they've planned the rave for the same night as uh, Alan and Amy's 20th wedding anniversary. Uh, but then we get... Gordy and Alan coming in the side door with the hey. new <laughs> Gordy yes. returning character exactly. Although last time he wasn't Gordy, uh, what was he? I have this in my notes here. Last time Gordy was played by someone else, he was Norm last time, <laughs> but still, same actor. Uh, so he Gordy's back, uh, different actors, same character. We'll say they're installing a new. Uh not technically a hot tub, it's a whirlpool tub. And uh they're uh, Tomato tomato. Yeah, it's it's the uh uh what do they what do they call it here? Here we go. House Turbo deluxe sunset tsunami super
1: spa. Yeah, this baby's got more jets than the Canadian Air Force. <laughs> oh, for you and mom, huh? No, boys, when you're twenty it's for romance. At your dad's age, it's a bubbly place to read. Hey, you're old. I am, Gordy, And very well read. Which, uh, yes. okay, hold, hold, one second, Brad, because <laughs> I've renovated my whole house, mm-hmm. and we've done almost everything except for finish a few bits and pieces, but you can't just take a, 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 any sort of thing that's going to be dealt with water and just take it upstairs, and five minutes later, all set to go, like... Yeah, this is definitely. Especially plumbing. Yeah. Plumbing is one of those things that like I can't tell you how many times that we just sat there. We're like, we have to wait to see if it drips. We have to wait Mm -hmm. to see if it drips. And it's like, we're dying. We need to do stuff. Like, yes, we have to wait to see if it drips. There's just so many things you have to do that You can't just take a tub upstairs and just set it in there. Unless they literally have already done everything like unless this is like they they took it upstairs they got all the measurements got everything good made everything set they took it back down finished everything so everything is finished except for literally taking it back upstairs putting it in hooking it up but you still have a couple of small things you have to do after that so it would still be like a day before they could use it after install
0: yeah, I, I always assumed that they had already gotten everything they needed done, ready to just drop it in. They'd already done their measurements. They already knew what exact size they needed. They had all the connections ready to go. I mean, Gordy, based on what he's wearing, I'm assuming he works for the store they got it from. But yeah. even Or is just the, the plumber who did everything. Yeah, even just the caulking alone, though, would need to set for hours before you want to run any water in or near it. But, yes, definitely a little TV magic, a little episode's going to episode that anyone's going to be in there soon. Yeah. But uh, they head upstairs, and uh, we get another little chat between Eric and Corey. Did you
1: hear that, Eric? Mom and Dad's 20th anniversary. How could we have forgotten? Well, we weren't at the wedding. Well, we got to get him a present. With what? We put all our money into the rave. Well, then maybe we should cancel it. No. We can't cancel mom and dad's anniversary. I meant the Oh, well, Now you're talking crazy. Get that.
0: So Eric and Corey are going to uh, try and figure out how to make this work. And we get to be introduced to a stranger at the door who we discover soon is... <laughs> Reginald Fairfield! Reginald Fairfield, who is played by Davy Jones in his first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. Uh, He sadly passed away in 2012. 43 acting credits to his name. Uh, He's known most for his role within the band The Monkees. Others include Coronation Street, The Farmer's Daughter, The Brady Bunch, the new Scooby-Doo movies... My Two Dads, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Hey Arnold, Spongebob Squarepants, Phineas and Ferb, and others. This is one of the weirdest (laughs) characters ever
1: introduced into the show.
0: Yes. He is the ultimate mooch. He... Was on a backpacking trip through Europe. Nice little callback. Uh, At one point, we did hear a little bit about this backpacking trip that Alan and Amy took, I think last season, when Eric was talking about one. And uh, Amy talks about how he led them. Alan says, no, he followed us. And now he's picked up the trail. <laughs> mm-hmm. so much about this character has been said without being said oh yes it's and it honestly is perfect casting davy just plays it so straight and it's i i love reg reg reginald fairfield
1: reg reginald fairfield
0: it's a no, fantastic it's also, runner <laughs> right well it's also like it
1: allows for um Oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his actual name right now. Um, ben Savage. Sorry. So this is uh, gives Fred's... <laughs> Fred's... Ben! <laughs> uh, this gives Ben uh, Savage a chance to, like, be the best version of himself, which is just mimicking everyone else around him and <laughs> doing it perfectly.
0: Yes. I-, I love that little quirk there where... He- uh, reg talks about you said if i were ever in the states there'd be a couch with my name on it and cory just points at the couch and says dad look reg
1: reginald fairfield
0: yeah <laughs> it, Corey is basking in
1: this chaos and it's probably one of my favorite parts of the show like he's just like yes it's reg reginald fairfield <laughs> oh
0: yes this this reginald fairfield Corey does it, like, four different times in the episode. I clipped it every time. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to live on my soundboard in perpetuity. It's going to be a, a ringtone on my phone. I just got to figure out who am I signing it to. Nice. Ooh, so, you know, have you, real quick, have you signed one to Sarah? I haven't. That should be it. She, like, hey, never nope. calls me, but I, every now and then I get a text from her in the threads, so... No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're in the kitchen. They're looking through pictures, and we get this interesting interaction that uh, I, I got to share with you, good-looking people.
1: Hey, uh, who's that sexy babe in that wet tank top? She's pretty. Oh my god!
0: Corey yeah. just saw a photograph of his mother. <laughs> okay, but uh, pet
1: peeve of mine. I get the joke, and it's a funny joke. It's a great joke. And also, teenagers don't pay attention. But if I've seen pictures of my mom her whole life, I would recognize her immediately in any picture that is out there of her. Like, the only time I'm ever confused is times when her and her sister have similar looks because they would do that every now and then. But, like, Mm -hmm. I know it's her
0: yeah i've I've seen enough photos of my parents that I could pick them out of a lineup pretty easily when they were younger but apparently it's a thing where there are people who find their parents pretty darn attractive when they were younger um if you've ever heard Taylor Tomlinson and her stand up um,
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, if you're a younger person, good-looking <clears throat> people, I don't necessarily recommend it. But if you're an older, good-looking person, you can probably appreciate it. Uh, so, Alan, or Eric comes in. He's an idiot. He's on the phone. And uh, he lets it slip that there's a secret party. He thinks he saved the day. But Amy heard everything. And we get a nice little slap on the forehead from Corey. And Amy Hi. and Alan. <laughs> I was like, Eric thinks he saved them from the
1: fact that there's a rave and they don't know anything about the rave. And it's like, no, but now he
0: they think this. Alan and Amy are talking in the living room and they think that Corey and uh, Eric have planned a secret anniversary party for them.
1: Which, of that's course, they do, because that's what these two are acting like.
0: Yeah. And apparently they forget it every year. They don't even get them a card or anything. Of course they're going to think that. Eric walked in the right. kitchen on the phone talking about a secret party, not a yeah. secret rave, a secret party. Right. Uh yeah. And Corey, of course, over is back in the doorway and he hears it, so he knows that they know or they think think they know, and uh, so. We get, uh... (laughs) Corey wants to cancel the rave and run a party for Alan and Amy instead. And, uh... Eric agrees begrudgingly. Uh, So they're going to try and figure out how to do this. Corey's actually going to stay up all night trying to call around and get guests. And we're going to get a nice little, uh interaction the next day at school with uh, a teacher or two here.
1: Mr. Turner, gosh, that sounds so formal for a guy who's almost family. (laughs) You know, you guys never just come out and ask for a favor, do you? It's not our way. Anyhow, my parents are always seeing how much they like you, and with their anniversary just around the corner, I am sure they'd love to have you at their party. Sure, why not? When is it? Six hours, no jeans, bring a present. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hmm? Feeney! Hey! What are you doing tonight? Hanging with Sean Hunter at the mall. <laughs> you know, Mr. Feeney, that is just the kind of sense of humor that makes a guy the life of a party, okay? Mom and Dad's anniversary, 8 o'clock, chubbies. George, George, I thought I lost you. Yes, well, the best laid plans. Well, Reg, Reginald Fairfield, what are you doing here? Well, your kind neighbor, Mr. Feeney, saw me over the fence and invited me for lunch. <laughs> I did not. I merely said, good morning. Are you staying with the Matthews? And here I am. (laughs) Okay, what in the 90s nonsense would possess a British man to just walk into a school and just assume that the principal has all the time in the world to spend time with him?
0: I'm going to assume good thing people don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he has a uh, mental disorder or that he has anything in that vein. I'm thinking brain damage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, could could be. (laughs) I mean, he could just be hearing the things he wants to hear. Yeah, yeah. And the way he dresses, he's definitely more well off. I mean, he sponges, but he. Dre- I mean, he's got like the ascot, he's got the crested blazer. Uh, I mean, he's he's coming from a well-off background somehow, but yep. he's. I mean, he's like the ultimate mooch too. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, he's either brain damaged, not 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 uh, disorder or anything like that. Either damaged. Okay or he's just so disconnected from reality he just hears what he wants to hear
1: i mean being if he is from a well-off family it could just be he can't take no for an answer yeah so he's gonna and, and then he's, he he doesn't have to work so he just kind of roams and does whatever he feels like at any given moment yeah, so he
0: just oh you so there, look like nice there are people those people I'm going out to join there you. oh yes yeah. there are
1: yeah, um, and but he's yeah, gonna talk I mean, to me for lunch. <laughs> but it's also, like, uh, at no point could you do this today of just be a random. Like we talked about this before. No random adult can just walk into a school anymore. Like, oh, no. there are s- like to get my child either to or from school requires like TSA style,
0: you know, <laughs> approval. Catch you down, cavity search, right? Yeah. I got to show my ID to sign my kid out. Well, I'm supposed to. Nice. They've let me do it without it a couple of times, and then the next time when I don't bring it in with me, I get in. Well, I don't get in trouble. The person who signed them out without me gets in trouble. So you got yes, someone in trouble. I did. Although now that I think about it, it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Reg is going to go sit in on uh, Feeney's classes with him. And uh, we're going to get uh, Topanga and Sean have joined in to help out with the plans. Sean paid someone six bucks to jump out of a cake. C-
1: can we just talk about the- for a moment that Sean and Topanga are l- only literally here just to be like, hey, we did a couple of tasks so you didn't have to do them. and That's really it.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> like, they show in, here are the words we need to say to you, and then they leave. Like, this is a weird episode where it's all taking place around the Matthews' drama and how mm. people around them are affected.
0: Yeah. And what a British guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah and a, me too. And a, a plucky little <laughs> British guy. <laughs> and, of course, we mentioned Eric with the balloons. Uh, Corey's a little relieved until he realized they say, happy 20th, <laughs> Al- <laughs> Amy and Ellen. But he's going to do it all himself. Okay. Let's be real, though. If it was just an E, everybody would have a Sharpie, and everybody would just be... Just get a white Sharpie, blow them up, and then just add a line. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That's all you're doing. Yeah. So there's a a sign that instead of tearing it down uh, for the illegal rave, someone just threw up a canceled over top of it. A couple yeah, of girls weird. are, comp- a couple of girls are complaining that whoever canceled it was lame, and no uh, guts. Yeah, I know. Uh, the girl who has the speaking part is Marissa. Verónica de la Cruz is the actress. First and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World, and it's actually her first credited role on camera. She only nice. has ten acting credits to her name, including Married with Children, Moesha, VIP, and others. We have not seen her in front of camera since 2014. Did not have a long or storied acting career.
1: But but can we talk about real quick, Brett, about his reasoning why to cancel the rave?
0: Yes, we can. Because maybe he had a good reason. Maybe he was... Well,
1: maybe he had a good reason. Maybe he was doing something nice for his mommy and daddy. (laughs)
0: I love that he still calls his parents "mummy" and daddy. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. great.
1: Yeah, I mean, throughout the whole show, he always calls them, he refers to them as mommy and daddy. He never refer like, he'll yep. refer to them as mom, dad, you know, father, yeah. mother. But for the most part, when he is, he, when he is his true essence, his reference to them is mommy and daddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're just mommy and yeah. daddy to and I love it. It's just, it's, yeah. it's wholesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we, we, tr- Sorry, I was about to take over. My bad.
0: Go ahead. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, So the next thing we see is Corey and Sean Topanga walking up to Chubby's. One of them's got a cake. Uh, They're so happy that everything's going to work out. And they see a line of definitely not their planned party guests at the door because Eric threw the rave after all. (laughs) Yeah. And we get Frankie the bouncer. I
1: love Frankie the bouncer.
0: <laughs> yes, I do too. Makes me
1: so happy. Um, Ten book Frankie cover charge. That means you ain't live. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. And the uh I, I love his bit with Corey where Corey hands him the list of people that only they are allowed in. <laughs> Corey's not You're on not the list. You're
1: not on the list. <laughs> I uh, what Frankie
0: do you think of forget she... everything I've said? <laughs> Everybody in. <laughs> I love Sean's party gear. What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, Sean is there for the chaos. Yeah, he is. But do you like his vest and his hat combo? Oh, yeah. It's very 90s. Yeah. Uh, That's very, very what, 90s. What are your thoughts on Sean's plan to get the girls who are chocolate wrestling out of the kitchen? <laughs>
1: Really was hoping we'd avoid this subject, because (sighs) I get the joke. I get the joke.
0: I get the joke. But why? 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 (laughs) My my only reason for bringing it up is he invokes a really big spoon. I I don't see a practical reason for a really big spoon. (laughs) That's all.
1: Gotta have a joke, Brett. If we don't have a joke, no one's gonna laugh. If we don't have a joke every five seconds, <laughs> how will they know it's a comedy?
0: Oh uh, yeah. And so Corey <sighs> gets up on stage to try and convince everyone in the crowd to uh, that they got a theme. It's a it's an anniversary. They're gonna. It's a surprise party. The next couple of people down the stairs, we're gonna jump out and yell surprise. <laughs> I love this fake out. But it's Feedy and Turner. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think th- th- this is why I never come here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 it's I, good. I, <laughs> I can't see Feedy so, at Chebby's.
1: <laughs> no, but also, like, I what I appreciate about in this moment is that
0: like Corey's still trying to make it happen. Corey really. Corey is the one of the two that really wants to make this happen. He realizes, he's, he's he feels guilt. He really realizes that they've screwed up and he wants to make something happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brett, we need to address the Wanda situation, though.
0: Yes, Eric has uh, happened to find a girl that he's going to spend the rest of his life with. Wanda! Well, he-
1: there's a girl from a different school that he's like, This is Wanda. She is beautiful. That's what I know about her. And that's
0: all we know until the she end doesn't of the episode. We not even go to our school. And let's, let's yeah. skip ahead to the end here.
1: You see, I knew this would all work out. It worked out for you, and it worked out for me. Guys, I uh, want you to meet the woman I'm going to spend the rest of my life with.
0: We've met. Meet your cousin, Wanda. Oh! Oh! Oh, uh, Eric has fallen for his cousin. Now, do you think, I, okay, again, I get the joke. We got
1: to have the joke, got to have the joke, got to end on a joke. Mm-hmm. But do you think she knew that she was cousin and she just
0: kept messing with him? I think there's a very good possibility with the fact that she doesn't react the same way. Correct. She doesn't. She doesn't say a word this episode,
1: and does not react for a moment to anything. No,
0: I mean she actually kind of has a big grin when Eric gets so disgusted.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean she could have been a, a victim of the uh, the dark time period when uh, Eric said that girls were gross and uh, had cooties it, and yeah. all that jazz. It, it could be the long con to
0: it. get back at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe she had zits at one point. He made fun of her, and now she's pretty, and now she's rubbing
0: it in his face. Who knows? Yeah.
1: Could it's be. It's not our
0: ways. No. <laughs> but yes, that's Eric and Wanda. Um, uh, I like how Turner, though, uh, when he meets Corey, he goes,
1: Oh, by the way, there'll be a $10 coverage charge for English tomorrow. Yes.
0: <laughs> So we find out that Alan and Amy are upstairs waiting to get in. Corey runs upstairs. Frankie is not letting them in because they're not on the list. Not on the list. You can't let them in. They're not on the list. Forget everything I said. Everyone in. And Corey is going to admit everything. But uh, Eric comes up, schmoozes them, go downstairs. Ah, you caught us. uh, You caught us. So they go downstairs, they they schmooze. Eric's trying to convince them that all the people they don't know are family. Daddy, does family mean nothing to you? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Feeny comes up to Corey, congratulates him on the party. Everyone's raving. Uh, you're not going to tell mom and dad, are you? No, as long as that person with the mohawk doesn't touch me. <laughs> hmm Oh, Mr. Feeney. Um, so, hey, you with the
1: Mohawk. Stay away
0: from that man. Yeah. Uh, so Alan and Amy really want to know who these... don't touch him. I was correct. Yes. <laughs> so Alan and Amy are really confused about who these other two guys are. Uh, they just really don't recognize them. And uh, Eric convinces him that they're, uh, they're nephews uh apparently alan had a falling out with their dad and so oh, uncle howard is, yeah uncle howard alan's trying to he goes up throws an arm around each of them guys you know whatever happened between me and your dad it's you know it, it was all my fault and he's picking up that they just have no clue what's going on i'm really frightening you now aren't i <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but
1: this is the thing I like about Alan. He has an awareness immediately of, I'm frightening you, I'm sorry, I'm walking away, and immediately looking at Amy like, red flags, there's a problem, we need to talk to each other immediately. Yes.
0: And with... And that has always been one of the things that I love about the way that the, that Alan and Amy are written. They're not the stereotypical parents who aren't who who don't know. They they have smarts. They know what's going on. And so we get to the Honey. Having a good time at our party? Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. You? Oh yeah. You know what, Eric? We just might actually get away with this. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow will be John Adams' legends, and you want to know the best part? What's that? Your parents don't have a clue. Exactly. <laughs> Look, when you found out, we tried to turn it into your anniversary party. The fact that you stayed up all night inviting people. All night, huh?
0: Oh, gee, all that time and effort.
1: You know, a card would have done it. Even that would have shown some thought. But this, this just shows that your friends mean more to you than your parents. No, I mean, it wasn't that. Well, then what? I just wanted one night, you know? I mean, one night where I'd be remembered.
0: So did we. That was just a dagger. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It was deserved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is where the complicated emotions come for me now because mm-hmm. my whole life I've I've related to Corey and Eric and now that I'm on the other end I fully could understand where Amy and Alan are coming from and the hope of our kids didn't forget and our kids you know are going do something special for us like
0: mm-hmm. yeah because like Alan said you know a card would have been fine you know just some mm-hmm. little expression but you guys led us to believe that you were putting on this party because they got them there they they were brought there with under the impression that there's something here for you and clearly it was not not only did you bring us here under false pretenses but you really brought us here under false pretenses we were not anywhere near priority one
1: yeah, Well, and there are some people that do not want attention on them whatsoever. Uh, I have family that zero attention whatsoever. Don't want it. Don't need it. We'll never do it. Like, I've never minded attention. Um, hence why we're... we're I will have no problem being on a podcast. But, like, not everyone wants that. So, like, you don't have to do a surprise party for people. But something simple. Even a card... Something from the heart, something that means something, you yeah. know, is enough. So, unfortunately for my parents, they spent most of their anniversaries at a baseball game. And it'd be like sitting at the baseball game, and all of a sudden they turn to each
0: other like, Oh, hey, by the way, happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Alan and Amy are going to go try and gather all the relatives, go to a restaurant, get some, or go home, get some coffee maybe. And Corey, uh, Jedediah brings the finished guitar by, which gives Corey an idea to try to make things right. Um, he's going to get the band to. Uh, he he finds Gordy, figures out what their their wedding song was, their first dance. Um, he's going to try to get the band to play it, but they weren't on the list, so Frankie sent him home. And Topanga goes off on Frank. Tippy Tippy, have you been eating meat? We get the Topanga nickname of Tippy again. Uh, we got it once before. Mm-hmm. Tippy has been perhaps had. Uh, she explains that Frankie the Mall Rat, which I love the reference, because good-looking people, Frankie was in Mall Rats. <laughs> nice. But uh, uh, she ma- she explains that he sent away the band, and they can't play the song. And she may have had a meatball. <laughs> yeah. But uh Jedediah, I mean I'll say
1: if they're mostly vegetarians because of uh topanga being angry when she eats meat, I get it.
0: I get it yeah if if it's because of her her temperament when she has meat, I'm on board, but the instruments are here, so Jedidi is gonna hop up, Gordy's gonna hop up, and uh you know red, red Reginald, Reginald Fairfear! Fair. Fair. Fair.
1: <laughs> Reg Reginald F- Reg Reginald Fairfield. Yeah, we we did forget to mention up. that he just showed up with Gordy because apparently Gordy oh, yes. didn't have an. Op- he yes, didn't okay. have an option. I didn't
0: have an option. You were sitting in my car, and so uh, Reg is going to join on vocals, and they're going to play "My Girl," which was Alan and Amy's uh, song. Which yeah. it's it's a it's a uh An expression It is uh, It is something From the heart from Corey Who gives Eric credit That convinces them to stay And they share a dance Yeah
1: I and,
0: mean giving them that opportunity And it's also like It's a good
1: melody Like it's a good version of the song So It is
0: they do a really good job with it
1: It's a nice moment Um but I mean, like, I, I would say it's the effort of, hey, what's the song? This is the song. Okay. Can the band play? Band's gone. Well, are you willing to play then? Like, those little things, like trying to do something nice for your parent in that moment, that is probably what they appreciated, you know? And yeah. letting their parents have a moment to reminisce and be themselves. So, yeah,
0: that, that effort is that kind of heart shows that Corey really does care about his parents and that's that's really all they're they're looking for is just that Sorry. kind of of expression of love. And so then the band goes into another song from the monkeys catalog and uh you know we kind of we we of course you know we already talked about Eric and Wanda during the slow dance portion. And then we get to the tag where uh, Alan has apparently tried to foist Reginald Fairfield off on Gordy, who then tries to foist him off on Jedediah, who has a freestanding guest house. Not surprised, since he's making instruments for Bruce Springsteen. And then this manager, yes, this manager (laughs) who uh, was really impressed with the band earlier. And by the way, Uh, I mentioned him way back in Band on the Run, uh, but I didn't give his information. This is Dave Madden, uh, second of his two appearances on Boy Meets World. Uh, He did pass away in 2014. Ten acting credits to his name, including Bewitched, Charlotte's Web, Happy Days, uh, Starsky and Hutch, The Love Boat, Married with Children, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and others, but mostly known for his role of managing the Partridge family. Yep. He wants to manage the band because they could be bigger than the Beatles, which they don't agree with, and we're out. But this is the last time we will see Peter Tork playing Jedediah Lawrence, so thank you for your service, Peter. thank Uh, you. You are probably my favorite, not probably, you are my favorite Jedediah Lawrence. Yep, my favorite, too. And... Yeah, Mickey Dolans, thank you for your service. This is the last time we will see you as Gordy or Norm. I really love the, his banter with Alan. I wish we did get a little more of him. Yeah, it the, That is probably one
1: of, the, one of the sad parts about this show, and I get that we're going towards more school, more teenagers, all that jazz, but uh, they could have had plenty of characters for the parents to interact with, showing that mm-hmm. as parents you still have a life with your kids like outside of your kids like you could have had yeah. more episodes of, er- or of Alan being with buddies and whatnot and I get he chose to yeah. spend more time with his kids but there's no reason why well, the, Gordy couldn't
0: have showed up again yeah it didn't have to be a full episode it could have just been like a scene here and there yeah but yes and that is that is our episode um I mentioned it at bigger the bigger than the it, Beatles bigger than the Beatles nah um In your deep dives, you go into why they didn't promote their stunt casting here. I did not know. Okay, Um, good-looking people. If you're not aware, Uh, uh, Peter Torque, Jedediah, Mickey Dolan's Gordy, and Davy Jones, Reginald Fairfield.
1: Reg Reginald Fairfield.
0: Um these guys composed the group, the monkeys who had their own TV show and everything. They were kind of the American response to the Beatles. Uh, there was a fourth member, Michael Neesmith, who, uh, the producers tried desperately to get him to appear in this episode. And he did not want to appear. He was on the set that day during filming. Um, but, uh, he didn't want to be on the show itself and because he was not going to be on the show itself ABC refused to promote the other three's guest appearance on the on-air advertising because they weren't all four appearing and so that's why there was no promotion of the stunt casting because they only had three fourths of the monkeys yeah and that's a shame It is. Yeah. So, as we get into this part of the episode, we're going to find out what Tyler's deep dives are.
1: People, people, people. People, people, people. People, Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So, first off, um, quite often in this show, for some odd reason, 1975 is used all the time for anything that was, like, before the show started. Um, because... Or 1978, I meant. Um, uh-huh. So 1978 is t- as the Collider opening and Eric being on the Collider and riding mm-hmm. it around and around and around. Uh, 1978, in this episode, they say that's when they went to Europe. Um August. so the collider opened in june they went to europe in august so for whatever reason they left a little toddler eric to do a backpacking trip apparently um <laughs> and then uh 1978 i uh i am born <laughs> yeah. so eric is born that year as well like I don't know if there is just a, like, one of the writers, like, has an affinity for that year, if they got married that year, or their first child was born that year, but or if it was just a Michael Jacobs thing, but, like, this year is constantly used as a placeholder for any time that is, like, before the show.
0: I think it probably was just a uh, a big year for a lot of the staff whether it's uh, a Jacob's thing or a couple of the writer, the head writers. Yeah. I, I, I haven't um, gone into the, the history of, of any of the staff really to see, but I think that probably is the most likely answer.
1: Also, um, the show often will say that whatever the date of the episode airing is the date of everything that's happening. So, if we're to believe the the date of the episode airs is November seventeenth, nineteen ninety five, so that means twenty years before, nineteen uh, or November seventeenth, nineteen seventy five was a Monday. Now, mm-hmm. initially, I thought that's ridiculous. Why would they do that? But Alan and Amy have to- spoken very openly that they eloped, that they got married without other people's permission, and they just went out and did it. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's a chance maybe it was a early morning monday it was a sunday when they went out but they decided to get married or was first thing monday morning at the courthouse but they you know Mm -hmm. eloped got married without anyone else being there so for them you know uh monday seems reasonable to get married most other people wouldn't get married on a monday but you know when you elope you elope so
0: yeah
1: let's talk about raves uh, a rave is a dance party at a warehouse, club, or other public or private venues, typically featuring uh, performances by DJs playing electronic dance music. Uh, the system is most associated with the early 1990s. Uh, dance music scene DJs played at illegal events and musical style dominated uh, the electric dance music from a wide range of subgenres raves are kind of this 90s thing it does still continue a little bit when i was driving for coach i was driving a young lady to a rave that was kind of funny mostly considered a 90s thing i most often think about the saved by the bell college years whenever they were throwing an illegal rape inside of a classroom and that was a huge deal so let's talk about, for a moment, marriages around 20 years. Um, I found an article that was from 2013, and it just kind of gets into some statistics about marriage, especially around the uh, 20th uh, marker uh, taking from data collected in the 2010s. The percentage of marriages ending in divorce increases more rapidly in the first 10 years of marriage then the ten years after that, once the twentieth anniversary, wedding anniversary is reached, the percentage increases less rapidly. Conversely, the percentage of marriages that end because one spouse has died increases less rapidly in the first forty years of marriage than in the ten years after that. This is because people are more likely to die at an older age, so mortality has a bigger impact on those. Who have been married for a long time. Meanwhile, 42% of all marriages are estimated to end eventually in divorce. Or other factors are likely to influence the likelihood of divorce of individuals, including length of marriage, year of marriage, age at marriage, whether married before. Let's talk about phrenology. Uh, Reg Reginald Fairfield. Uh, stated that he was uh, studied at the Oxford School of Phrenologists. It's a Greek word, basically uh, comes from the word mind or logic, logos. It is a pseudoscience that involves the measurements of bumps on a skull to predict mental traits. It is based on concepts that the brain is the organ of the mind and it contains brain areas have localized specific functions or modules. It was said that the brain was consumed of different muscles, so so those who, uh, that were used more often were bigger, uh, resulting in different skull shapes that led to reasoning behind why someone has bumps on the skull In different locations, the brain, "quote unquote," muscles, not being used as frequently, remain small and weren't, therefore, uh, not present in exterior of the skull. Although both of these ideas have a bias, in reality, phrenology uh, generalized beyond empirical knowledge in a way that departed from science. The central Phrenology notion that measures a the contour of the skull can predict personal traits decredited of empirical research developed by German physician Franz Joseph Gall in 1796. The discipline was influenced in the 19th century, especially from about uh, 1810 until 1840. The the principal British center of phrenology was in Edinburgh, uh, where the Edinburgh Phrenology Society was established in 1820. Phrenology is is today recognized as a pseudoscience. uh, Methodological uh, rigor of the phrenology was Doubtful, even for the standard of time, since many authors already regarded phrenology as a pseudoscience in the 19th century. Um, So basically, I don't know if this is a thing that uh, the show actually wanted to show that, hey, this is a reason why he can see these things. If it just sounded cool, if it's something that they knew about, but yeah, no, it's got nothing. The show is claiming that uh, this trip they were on takes place in August 18th, 1978. Uh, We've already discussed my concerns with uh, 1978 being used, and I clearly need to go back and look more. Um, But something that I think uh, a lot of our audience would be interested to know is that although there's not considered a famous uh, birthday, however, the character known as uh Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine acted uh by Adam Sandberg was considered to be born in in the show in August 18th 1978 uh in Berkeley California so it's not a real thing but you know uh if someone was born then uh is would be part of Gen X, Uh, Chinese Horoscope would be a horse, and Star Sign would be a Leo. And on the music charts, um, apparently song, biggest song at the time was uh, Three Times a Lady. I have no idea what that song is. But speaking of music, let's talk about the the special musical guests, which I know we've we've talked about before, but uh, the Monkees were an American pop band, Formed in Los Angeles in 1966. They were convinced, conceived in 1965 as a fictional band for the sitcom The Monkees. So the music uh, credit to The Monkees appeared in the sitcom uh, from 1966 to 1968. Uh, while the sitcom was mostly a straightforward affair, the music production generally tension and controversy almost from the beginning. The music supervisor uh, was dissatisfied with the courted music abilities and he limited their involvement during the recording process. Well, that's a sad thing. We don't want to talk about that. So some songs uh, from theirs that are very important and very memorable would be Last Train to Clarksville, I'm a Believer, A Little Bit of Me, A Little Bit of You. Uh, Pleasant uh, Valley Sunday, and Daydreamer Believer, Daydreamer Believer, yes, and of course, thank you, Brett, for uh, mentioning what you mentioned before about the monkeys. So my girl uh, is their apparent um, their song. Uh, my song is a soul music song recorded by the Temptations for the uh, Gordy Motown record label. Uh, written and produced by the Miracles uh, members uh, Smokey Robinson and Ronald White. It became The Temptations' first U.S. Uh, number one single and is currently their signature song. Uh, Robin's inspiration for writing uh, "The My Girl was His Wife, released in 1965. Uh, in 2017, the song was selected for Preservation in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally historical or artistically significant. Oh I'm sorry. Uh, release date was december twenty first, nineteen sixty-four, apparently. Famous uh, covers of this song include, not limited to, Michael Jackson, Otis Redding, Stevie Wonder, Jamaica System Sound System. Uh, Marvin Gaye, Alan Green, The Mamas and the Papas, Robin Morris, Rolling Stones, Smokey Robins. Oh, Dolly Parton apparently had a version. Several big names have sang this song before. The other song in question is Not Fade Away, it's a song accredited to Buddy Holly, originally under his first and middle name, Charles Harden, and Norman Petty, although Petty co-wrote credit, is likely to have been a formality. Uh, The first recorded by Holly and his band, The Crickets, uh, in October, Uh, was released in October 27th, 1957, Been covered by The Grateful Dead, by Rush, Tanya Tucker, don't know who that is, John Sokafield and Florence and the Machines. Popular songs from Once Upon a Time. Both of these two great versions. Um, and honestly, they carry these songs quite well. And it's really impressive. So, yeah, those are your deep dives.
0: Well, let's find out what we learn. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh?
1: Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you
0: a picture? So Tyler, what did you learn this week? Um, I learned this week that if you're going
1: to do something nice for someone, make sure you're intentional about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being aware of dates is very, very helpful. Uh, With Facebook, it makes it easier, but... Yeah, um, if you're going to decide you're going to throw some a party, throw that party. And it's okay to throw a party a different time. Like, mm-hmm. if they had waited a few weeks and then did a party, their parents would still appreciate that. It's not on that day, but, you know, mm-hmm. waiting a little bit and doing something well is better than
0: what they did. Yeah. Yeah, my learning is along the same lines. It's don't miss the details. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's not a big, extravagant event that people need to see that they're appreciated. It's just something small that, you know, it's it's a card, it's a phone call, it's a text message, even. Show mm-hmm. and especially, especially your parents, good-looking people, no matter how old you are, your parents need to know how much you appreciate them. I, I know some of yep. you, you might not have a great uh, relationship with your parents. and I, I get that. I'm not telling you if you had abusive parents, you need to reach out to them. But if you have a relationship with your parents, send them a text, send them a card, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give them a phone call, stop by and say, Hey, you know what? I appreciate everything you did for me. Um, you know, just, focus on the small stuff because that's what is really going to leave the biggest mark yeah I agree yeah so
1: I'm right no you're exactly right so am I done with my education can I go
0: how would you grade this episode well um I I'm actually gonna give this one uh I'm going with an A plus wow yeah, I, I know there's some episodes going to episode stuff with it, and there's some inconsistencies. But as a parent, I, I can't miss the mark of the the message. And, uh, I mean, yeah, there's some inconsistencies. Uh, I, I can Sometimes on an episode, I can't get past them. It, it really trips me up because they're just glaring but the inconsistencies on this one are not that they don't stand out for me. They're, they're easy to walk by because the rest of the episode carries so much heart to it and so much of a believable message to it. So for me, it's an A plus.
1: Well, that's fair. I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, But I, I have to go with my gut feeling based on what you said and what I was feeling beforehand. Because initially my range was roughly like A minus to B Mm -hmm. minus. I I couldn't give it an A or an A plus. I knew that for sure. But I've always enjoyed this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go with a B plus at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I really do like this episode. This is an episode I'll watch quite often. This is one of my wife's favorites. So I'm sure I'm going to get heckled for that. Um, But no, I... (laughs) This is still a great episode. This is one I go out of my way to watch. So, yeah. um, but I, for whatever reason, I just can't go into the A tier. It's probably just due to the <laughs> now I'm a parent and worried about things like will my kids actually care about things that are important to us, like anniversaries. So, mm-hmm. you know, but keeping in mind that uh, for a lot of people's twentieth, your kids are teenagers and. They don't have the funds to be able to do a bunch of things, and uh, the fact that they're able to somehow fund a illegal rave is still questionable to me.
0: <laughs> Especially since Eric doesn't have a job. Yeah, somehow doesn't have a job. It's all the money from the sleep research from last week. Yeah. <laughs> I want to double it. I mean, half, and then yeah. double it. <laughs> All right, well, I believe I owe you a dad joke before we sign off here. Yes, you do. All right, so in honor of it being uh, October and spooky season, uh, I'm branching out in my reading, and so I started reading a horror book in Braille. Didn't know I could do that, did you? No, I didn't. But uh, something bad is going to happen. I can feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh gosh, that is gonna be it. For, that's gonna be it for us this week. Good looking people, we thank you for joining us. We know your podcasting uh, selection is wide, and hey, we have fun with you. You can check us out online on our socials at Dads World Twitter slash X, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can send us an email, World at gmail.com. We will respond. And uh, you can pick out some sweet Dads World merch at com. I miss anything, Tyler? No. Okay. Are you going to go listen to Taylor Swift? Are you going to Taylor Swift's era's tour in theaters?
1: Ooh, I was thinking about that. We may have to go see that, me and the wife.
0: <laughs> well, can't go to the, the stadium tour. That's too expensive, so maybe the theater's the way to go. Maybe. Yeah. I, I couldn't do the theater. Well, I couldn't do the stadium if, if I wanted to. Not that I do. There anyway. you go again
1: Just need to talk about T-Swift I get it man You got T-Swift on the brain
0: <laughs> I do I'm a Swifty They want uh, you to take the rolls! They do <laughs> Well With that
1: You know how can I learn so much Every week And still be so stupid <laughs>
0: I'll see ya See ya good looking you can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Headfirst Studios. Head first Studios, tell your story.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I gotta bring that up here. Uh, where'd it go here?
1: Don't worry, I'll do it for us.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, like edition, did you? <laughs> that's gonna
0: be it for us <laughs> this week.